Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to episode 118 of the Whiskey and Whitetails podcast, the podcast for those that love good whiskey and the great outdoors. I'm Gus. I'm Matt. As always, we're your hosts. Thank you to the Waypoint Network for having us. Thank you to our Patreon for supporting us. And as always, you can use 20% off or you can use code podcast to get 20% off at our store, our shop, whiskeyandwhitetails.com. Find all kinds of goodies there for from bourbon barrel game calls to whiskey and cigar accoutrements. Some new bumper stickers. New bumper stickers. Maybe, uh, maybe a noisemaker like I like I brought in today. <laughs> His name's Matt. He's a noisemaker. We're gonna have some Jack Daniels for this episode. Yeah, and we're getting into um, a little bit about the 2023 uh, National Deer Association's Deer Report and a little bit of turkey season prep and uh, a little bit more. So stay tuned. Enjoy. Look like twins with different color hair. Yeah. Uh, come across a couple cool bottles. I've been really all about that Jack Daniels life uh, lately. Now that I know that it's bourbon. <laughs> 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 yeah, I got a um, Barrel Proof Rye 2020 limited edition Jack Daniels. Uh, it's 132 proof. And then I got one of the new twice barreled. Six point five proof. This is the American single malt one. Oh, nice! So figured they'd be fun to try, but on a on a sober palate, I wanted to jump right straight into the sip. Into the uh, just the yeah. sip. For those of you that are new here, welcome. This is our just the sip segment. We do try to do every episode where we uh, get a sample, either sent to us or given to us by someone, and we uh, take the opportunity to. Have a little sip. We smell a little bit. We taste a sip, and we give you our feedback and move on. So this one's kind of cool. But before I tell you anything about it, I want you to. I don't know what it is, but you want as soon as I put my face to it, it like burned my eyeball. Did it? Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> Alcohol. You got a splashback. I must have. I actually will tell you. I'm just gonna tell you what it is, so that way you you can think about it more. So Andy, the guy that the pilot, yeah, guy yeah. I work, my friend that I work with. So he likes to do, ever since we started talking about blending, he got all into it. So he's, oh, did he? he made, he's been doing some blends. Cool. So he's like, this is just, you know, guessing, playing around. Yeah. Um, and he made a full decanter and he's like, give it to you, let you guys tell me anything. Yeah. So this is a, his bottled and bond blend. He did the Evan Williams, Old Forester, Jack Daniels, Heaven Hill, and J.W. Dant 
all bottled in bond bottles and Interesting. Put them together. He's got the percentages on here if you wanted to look and at for, them. And for anyone listening, you know, when we when people send us, um, oh, this is fantastic. He put the names. He put the yeah. It's beautiful. Full um, information. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you send us samples, uh, you know, the more information, the better. But nobody has done this yet, and we're all we're all yeah. for it. Love uh, blends. We've yeah we've talked about it in the past about blending and what you can do with that. So if you want to send us a blend that you like, we are. 100% on board with that. And I wonder if he left the proof off because he knows it's bottled and bond, so it's all 100 proof. Or if he left it off, he's like, I don't know what the proof is. Could be. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna think that he's smart enough. To know. So, yeah, I mean, he flies planes, so. It's I think he's like, I don't need to put the proof on there. It's bottled and bond. Yeah. Which, if you don't know, bottled and bond has to be 100 proof. That's the rules. Yeah. On the nose. Sorry, I'm going to hit myself there. <laughs> It's Thursday, and it's been a hell of a week. It has been a hell of a week. <laughs> Gavin had a soccer game last night all the way up in St. George. Wow. Yeah. Traveling started, soccer. Started at 7 o'clock in the evening. You know what? Of all the parents I know, the number one complaint that I hear, because I hear it at work all day long, is yeah. traveling soccer. Traveling they, soccer. Everyone bitches about it. Um, so he's, he's playing high school soccer, so it's just high school sports. It's okay. a couple months, you know, season, but there are club sports like clubs that play like travel year round. Like I did yeah. hockey growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the travel is anything like it was for hockey, I can't, I can't imagine it's got, it's a, it's a lot. Yeah, it is. Tournaments all the time, traveling all over the country. That's yeah. That's all over the country. Yeah. He's so, in Georgia. Oh, is he all the time? I'm like, ugh, every weekend, those big sports complexes. Like we went for the yeah. Georgia outdoor like, like that. that. That's where they travel that's where to they those go. big places. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it smells pretty good. It smells really good. It's super sweet. I get little bits of um, of bubble gum. Yeah, like, I can see that, like, but not the not the like I'm chewing it. Like yeah, the, the, the dust, smell of it, the smell, the dusty yeah. white powder that's on. Like when you open uh, the big league chew, big league chew, or the the one that comes in like the tape. The, yeah, uh, the tape. Yeah, whatever that. I one. could get the tape. <laughs> bubble bubble tape. I don't know. Bubble yum. I I yum hated tape. pulling it out in strips, so I would just open it and take a bite out of it. I would do the same thing. Yeah, I taught you that. Okay. <laughs> just a sip. Whoa, do you get the cinnamon on that? Yeah, that's a ton of flavor. There's a lot going on there. It has a pretty decent hug, but it fades pretty quick. It's enjoyable. Yeah, that's not bad. Good job, Andy. Yeah, that's great. Well done. Dude, I love that. I like that it's, uh, you know, you took all stuff that I like, and I can get some of that. I think that's that old Forester smell coming out of it. And I can taste the Heaven Hill, because you know how much I... Love it? Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty good. Yeah, it is good. Well done. We enjoy that. Do that more often, folks. Yeah, that yeah, was uh, yeah. that. That was just the sip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned it earlier, but just to drive it home, yeah, we we had a podcast with Andrew Beam, and we were talking about he was making bumper stickers. He's like kicking it old school bumper it, stickers. Yeah, and, bumper stickers and flyers. And yeah, and uh, so I made. Like a, I made a, a bumper sticker for it. it. Says who you really are is three bourbons deep, and it's and it's us and him on the sticker. But I only bought forty of them. Uh, well, fifty, but ten are going to him. Nice. Uh, but if you want them, they're five dollars, and they're on our website. Cool. And please don't use a promo code. I mean, I get it, but you know, it's it's five dollars. Five bucks. Yeah. Might just I don't know. leave a note in your if you buy something else, leave a note in order that you want one, and we'll just throw it in. Yeah, there you go. That works. Bam. That works. Sick. So. Turkey season um, first, huh? Yeah, turkey season's coming. Um, March twenty second. Yeah, it's coming quick too. 
because it'll be here before we know it. I bought decoys today. Did you really? Yeah. Nice. Uh, what, what kind? The cheapest Primos they had. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I do, too, because yeah. they end up I end up forgetting them. When the kids play with them, they get left in the backyard to sit in the sun. They, yeah. Um, eventually, uh, you know, I'll invest in some nice AVNX or, or some other ones. Monta- I actually have a, a Montana decoy that I really like. Uh, Montana Decoy Company, they make these uh, these decoys. They're, they're turkey decoys, but they the inside, the body part, is like an accordion type yeah. like spring. So it just collapses really flat. Mm, nice. So you could put like seven of those in your in your pouch and your your turkey vest, uh, as opposed to the one you could probably fit yeah. just the, the regular kind. But I like that one a lot. Yeah, I dropped the uh, the box on the top shelf and I jumped up mm. to grab it and it split my finger open. You should sue them. It bled out it bled pretty quick. And then as I'm like wiping blood and I'm looking for somewhere to put it, I looked down and it had already stopped. I was like, oh my plate looks good. You should have laid on the ground and yeah, really milked it for just what it's open worth. it up, just spray just all over the ground mm-hmm. and ah, start screaming. That's what I'll do next time. Yeah, should could have got us new bows. Could have got us. Yeah, new. there's not a lot in there. I was talking to the guy and he was like, "We're waiting on trucks." He's like, "Our trucks come from Utah." So oh, they, yeah, they drive all the way from Utah to deliver to Charleston, South Carolina. That makes no sense. Yeah, but he's like, "We haven't had a truck, and I can't tell you how long." What? Yeah, no trucks. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder why. Because truckers are. Underpaid and yeah, gas costs too much, and I suppose all of that. I don't know, but anyways, yeah. So turkey prep um, took the turkey vest out and all the all the gear. Started going through that um, last night, just seeing what I got, seeing what needs to be replaced or repaired, or what little Debbie snack got left in there that's now mm-hmm. still perfectly fine to eat, probably because it's <laughs> all processed yeah. shit. Um, but yeah, doing that, going through, checking calls. Uh, Took out the shotgun and went through that, cleaned it up a little bit. Got to get a blind out so I can sit with the little ones. But I'll probably try and go do some scouting maybe next week. It's probably too late to find any decent sheds, but get around yeah. and go go scout, see where they're scratching around and where they're where they're doing their thing. So come opening week, we can try and smack one. I yeah. like to get one on film. Get in turkey jail. Yeah. Yeah, I want to do it. And I think I'm going to go to Georgia. In April for a turkey to, to hunt turkey as well. We got to hit up um, the guys from Horny Deer Sense. Yeah, uh, they were here at Santee Cooper fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they put a post on uh, Facebook. Um, our page follows them on Facebook. Mm. They were there fishing. A bunch of the guys, you know, showing big old bass. They were catching. And I said, "Just not far from us, man." You know, yeah. Let us know next time. We'll we'll meet up. And uh, he said uh, something about planning a turkey. And a fishing trip, so should definitely do that. Yeah, uh, hit them up, and I don't know, meet halfway or go there, or they can come here, whatever. But um, yeah, it'll be here soon. Yeah, don't uh, don't let that go by the wayside. Definitely hit those guys up. I liked them. I thought they were fun. Dude, they were a lot of fun. <clears throat> Early mornings are going to be tough with them, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're uh, the boys like to have like to have a little fun. Yeah, that's not too bad though. It's all right. Um, Down with it. Are you going? To, are you? We we have a turkey hunt in Kentucky with a guest this year, don't we? It was canceled. Oh, it was canceled. Yeah. Okay. Thankfully, because it was literally the day after Patrick's dinner. Which, oh, by the way, uh, April twenty second. Yep. Is uh, the Win Life Sucks dinner? If you wanted to come to that, <clears throat> let us know. We'll be there uh, all weekend. And then um, we got friends in Greenville. We might go hang out with a little bit. But cool. You're not. You got, can, you got a I scouts can, thing. Yeah, I can't make that one. We have a. Um, we have an event going on with scouts. That's kind of a, it's basically a big, um, 
it's, it's a big event that that happens every year, but the location that it's hosted changes, and so it only gets hosted here in Charleston Is it? Uh, like every, once every 10 years. Uh, uh, so this would be the last time that I have the opportunity to attend this or do this, uh, especially with Gavin, yeah, yeah. kind of at our home camp. So Makes sense. We're going to do that. That's cool. It's like home base. Yeah, it's exactly why. It's like, you know, you go to these kind of events all the time. Welcome but, to my. Yeah, but it only gets stomping. You only get to host it once every 10 yeah. years as, as it, it moves around to the That's different cool. different different areas so definitely yeah it'll be fun um it's expensive honestly the trip trip to the dinner would have been cheaper but yeah it is what it is man can't huh. put a price on memories right that's right that's my old brian powers is coming down for for the dinner good yeah good we would hang out with them which, which would be good yeah yeah if brian, anybody else was coming, you, know. you still gotta buy tickets i think but uh there's good know. raffles man there's always good guns to win We'll have we'll have room at our table, I believe. Yeah, I haven't really been promoting it like I should. It's all right. Yeah, what are you gonna do? But yeah, it's a good time. There's always good raffles. There is a bunch of money for veterans, and um, unlike Folds of Honor, the guy that runs it doesn't get six hundred seventy thousand dollars salary every year. So it's pretty cool to go out and support, and be able to see and watch money go where it should be going. Come on and do it. Also, for anyone that we met at Seawee, I have a stack of cards here that I need to go through <laughs> and shoot some uh, emails. I also want to talk the PRP. I haven't updated. The what? The platement rich. Plasma. Oh, yeah, your thing you got there, your little injection. Yeah. Little injection, whatever yeah. you want to call it. So I have a torn rotator cuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I did that in the gym all by myself. Good job. Very proud of it. Proud. proud and of so I went to... Um, you know how I am about chiropractors, but I went that I went to a Charleston <clears throat> Pain Relief or whatever's chiropractor center and got the. Uh, so what they do is they draw your blood, they spin it in a centrifuge, and they pull out like junk, and then what's left is is platelets, mm-hmm. and so they add sodium bicarbonate because apparently the platelet, if it's all platelets, the um, pH balance is off and it burns like hell. Mm. Right, so they add that to cut it down so it doesn't hurt so much. And they swirled around, and it's like a vial. I think it was 10 cc's or something. So she's like, it's going to hurt, you know, just, and I'm like, I'm fine. So they do, uh, I got two shots in my shoulder, and then the rest I was like, I'm going to put it in my triceps and my elbows. So I got some of my elbow, got some of my triceps. And, like, right before the last shot, the shoulder pain, like, hit. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and I was like, you know, I'm going to, it's okay with you, I'm going to lay down, because if this gets any worse, I'm going to have to breathe through it. You know, because it was starting to really build up. So I, there was a good like 20, 30 seconds there. That yeah. I, I was like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was not enjoyable. Yeah. And so you treat it like an injury. So you don't really do anything with it for a few days and you can slowly start acting back. And I got to tell you, a weekend, I was like, it's bullshit, it doesn't work. Uh-huh. But I think I'm like two and a half weeks in now, three weeks, maybe today's three weeks. And I think it worked. Yeah. Yeah. I think my shoulder, it definitely, like, this motion was my concern, dude. And that, that was a big Lebowski there. Dude. But um, that, I don't have pain there anymore. Well, that's good. So if you're thinking about it. I should probably do that with both my shoulders. Both my shoulders are jacked up. Well, I, I have a friend that did it with his knees, and he was like, yeah. it didn't work. Oh, really? But apparently shoulders and elbows is pretty good. I wonder if it's because. It's also $1,000. Per per thing? Per 10 cc's of nice. yeah. yeah. So you could split it. You get four in each shoulder, and then. Yeah. Or six in each shoulder. Three in each shoulder and then spread it around. Yeah, yeah. Or probably just not do it. Or just not do it. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would I would keep waiting. I like we'll check back in in a couple weeks and yeah. see if I'm 
yeah. completely healed up. But everybody I talked to before them was like, yeah, you're going to need surgery. And I don't want to do that. Yeah, I, I I would advise against it as long as possible. Yeah. I had surgery when I was and it younger. Worked. And it, it worked. <laughs> it did fix it until... Oh, it, it did? And, well, yeah, until I... Until I... F- Fucked it up again, yeah, yeah. right? Because I was what seven, sixteen or seventeen when I had the surgery, right? So, hey, kid, right? Because I yeah. was just a kid. Uh, no sports for a year. Yeah, okay. So you can do rehab and some light stuff, but no sports. So, like six months into rehab, when I'm back to lifting weights and like I'm fine, I step foot on the ice the first time in six months, and I dislocated again. Jeez, dude. Yeah. It was. The, I was like, "Well, this is my life now. I guess I just yeah. dislocate it and pop it back in and keep going." Yeah, I mean, it's, it hangs down all fun like. It's definitely wimbly, like if bimbly. I stand, if I stand like just normal and stand up straight, like like my shoulder sags. That's why I have like back problems. You're, you're building some traps there, bro. I trying can see to, man. Yeah, I can see him. Shoulders looking good. Thanks, bro. Um, but it's uh, yeah. They basically said you'll have to have surgery again, most likely. Uh, they told me that before I had the surgery. They're like, "You're 17 years old. Like this repair." We'll fix it, but if you continue to be active, it's just a matter of time before this repair sort of, yeah, you know, uh, works itself back, so so to speak. Um, and then, of course, I expedited that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, you can only have can only have the, the the surgery one more time because of the amount of tissue that's available for them to actually repair. Smart. So they're like, um, wait till you're fifty. Yeah, wait as long as possible yeah. until like you're in like chronic pain and can't deal with it, and then and then deal with it, but. You can head that off for a very long time, possibly forever, by just maintaining strength. So strength eventually training, it's exercise. either toe trigger or shoulder surgery. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's that drastic, but that's not. Uh, no, then you'll be all right, man. Yeah, I think I'll just be fine. man up and keep moving forward. Yeah. That's what I always say. That's what I do. Yeah. I don't know any other options. Yeah, there isn't. There isn't. I mean, there are, but. <laughs> yeah. But that's selfish. That's, <laughs> that's very so they selfish. Said. Uh,. All right, which one do you want to pop first? Is twice barreled or the rye? Uh, you you choose. You did all the wheeling and dealing and acquiring of these, so I had no idea you even had. The, I guess I wasn't paying attention to the pictures you took. I didn't know you had these on hand until I walked in here. Well, I'll tell you what. Yesterday, I sent a picture on to Patreon, and everybody in our sampler dealer this month will be getting mm. these two bottles plus some lucky sons of bitches. This new Gib- Caleb Gibson Gibby's pick. Yeah, Russell's. He said this is the best Russell's pick he's ever done. Really. Ever. I should have gone into his store up there. I, I was some. right next to it. He's got some in there. In, um, in St. George. His shop up there. Oh, really? Yeah. I stopped at a food line in there looking for I don't know that it's there, but he has some in Charleston. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. If so, if you live in Charleston and you haven't had this yet, you should probably go get it because that, that, it won't last long. No. Once he also has the gets first uh, Rittenhouse Rye single barrel ever released. Really? And if we're talking about first evers, um, Chris at Seven Stars has the first ever... Angel's Envy, bourbon release, first ever single barrel. Fascinating. Crazy stuff popping in Charleston, South Hmm. Carolina. Yeah, we were just talking about some stuff before the podcast started with uh, how allocations are going. There's definitely some movement going on with the market, for sure. It's interesting. It is funny to watch, and it's unfortunate to see. It's. I think that a lot of these store owners kind of took granted, took for granted what they were like. We're only getting 20 cases of plantains this year, but and now they're getting 20 bottles. Yeah, (laughs) it's like. Well, yeah, you thought times were tough. Yeah, but it's getting evenly. It's uh, what's what? How does Bernie say? Even distribution of wealth is what they're doing. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. That's what breakthroughs doing. This is uh, well, I want to do the twice barrel first because I kay. think the single barrel rise is going to be better. So this will be a double pop episode. We haven't done Ooh, one of those in a while, wow. dude. That's like forty episodes. 
Yeah. Okay. That's a solid ping. It's tight. Tight. Like a toyga. Ooh, it's dark. It is dark. Like, I'm not just saying that. It's dark. Yeah. It's twice barreled. Oh, it's twice. Barrel twice. Barrel twice. Twice the char. Twice the barrel. Twice the... Master distiller... Oh, my. Chris Fletcher. We met him. Oh, I know Chris. Yeah. Yeah. That, when's that episode come out? Chris, you did this? Does that episode come out this week? Um, well, might as well, right? Since we're doing this Well, Andrew, Andrew came out today. Yeah, I know, but this comes out on a Monday. This so. will be out on Monday. Oh, yeah, so this week, yeah, we'll have Jack Daniels. We'll do Jack Daniels. All right, so this week, look forward to the podcast with Chris Fletcher, the guy that made this bottle. But I'll read it. It says, Master Seller Chris Fletcher and his team of whiskey makers crafted this special release from 100% malted barley, charcoal mellowed, twice-barreled, first the new American charred oak, and then in the finest seasoned Oloroso sherry cask, the special release drips with notes. Of chocolate-covered nuts. Drips. And berries. The nuts be dripping. With a subtle sherry finish. Yeah. Sorry. His nuts be dripping. <laughs> you know what I mean? Master Stiller Jack Daniels? His nuts be dripping. That was a good uh, podcast. You guys are going to like that. It was fun. It was a good talk. I, I learned a lot on that podcast. Uh, Me too. About the Jack Daniels as a brand. Um, yeah. It's pretty. They got some cool stuff going on from uh, like a legacy perspective. I like it a lot. So it smells like a single malt for sure. Yeah. And I, you get... Um, I definitely get some of those barrel tannin yeah. notes on the nose. Obviously, just being darker and, you yeah, know, as the barrel says, twice barreled. But I get a heavy caramel, almost a. I get a um, when you blow a candle out, that smoke mm. right after you blow a candle out. Yeah, I don't I know why it's really that. weird. It's just a little. I could dig that almost a little chemically because you know the wick is just burning. Whatever yeah. that's a yeah. Strange. That's as technical yeah. as you're going to get from me today. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I don't get much of the sherry, but I bet you do on the taste. That is 100% malted barley for sure. Yeah. You do get some of that sherry on the very back. A little bit. It. That's crazy. It doesn't taste like anything. So this can't, you know, in, in, in there we talk about bourbons, but this, since it's 100% malted barley, this cannot be a bourbon. But they, they treat it like a bourbon. Um. Yeah, everything else they do with it is, you know, I mean, they age it in a sherry cask, which... Yeah, which would make it a whiskey as well. Which would make it a whiskey as well, but... It's pretty good. It is really good. Uh, I would say it, it drinks right on par with the proof it says it is. It's not... It's not hiding anything there. Yeah. And just so everyone knows, I paid full fucking secondary for that bottle. <laughs> <laughs> you can go look that up. I never do that, but um, <clears throat> I really, really wanted some of this because I knew I was getting that rye. I did pretty good on the rye. I did some trades. Yeah, 132 proof. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yummy. It's, um, I'm digging it. Did you see the mixtures I had last night? Uh, yeah, I did. I meant to text you about it, but. Uh... Yeah. I'm not allowed to say whose it is, <laughs> so I won't, but it was um, last year's release. I think mm-hmm. it's six six barrels go into that. Really? To make that. Wow. How much do you think it costs? I don't know. Fifteen hundred bucks. Let's look up MSRP for it. Wouldn't even know where I wouldn't even know where to start, to be honest. Uh Mictors. Okay. One million dollars. So MS okay. The last auction for one sold for fifty six hundred. I was way off. Yeah. The reserve price on it was five thousand. <laughs> it looks like 
MSRP is about $4,200. Good Lord. Or no, that's an eight. $4,800. Did it drink as, was it worth, I don't know how to answer that Tell question. You what, because here's the thing, it. I was going to ask, do you think it's worth the price? But I can't think of a single whiskey in the world worth paying that much money for personally. Well, I'm going to tell you this. The guy that owns it, mm-hmm. he has every bottle of whiskey in the, that he could ever want. Okay. He can just get it. He He's well connected. He can just get whatever he wants. Except things like that. Yeah. So because of that, he doesn't really get a lot of stuff because he doesn't care. He likes kind of old dusty stuff. But so think about all the money you may spend on allocated bourbon. He's but not spending. He doesn't that. spend that money. Yeah. So so one, for him to drop four, something like that once a year, say he every spent other four, year. five, four. Say he spent five grand on it. Yeah. He dropped five grand on that, and now he's got something special, real yeah. special, right? Yeah. You know? So there's one way to look at it. Yeah, it's it's a different approach to the same. I guess the same game, right? If yeah. as opposed to so someone spending. Two to five hundred dollars a bottle, a dozen, two, t- right. two dozen times a year, spend the same amount of money. Same amount of money, and yeah. you got stuff that everybody has. The difference is that this, this guy knows what he likes. And he doesn't spend money on things he doesn't need or want. And nobody has that, right? I've never seen one in my life. I had neither. Yeah, I, I didn't honestly think it was uh, the picture you posted, just the box on on the tailgate or the wherever it was. I didn't think it was actually the whiskey. I thought it was like a gift box or some shit like that. Yeah. Until, until the next picture. <laughs> yeah, and you can see that it was open. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to try it, and it's money. Is it? Yeah. I love Mictors. I have not had one I, I don't too. like, so. It's very good. <clears throat> it's very good. Very good. Um, so you hit some whitetail stuff when we were going to do. Well, the National Deer Association, every year starting, uh, this is their 15th year, I think, doing it, or 10th year, they put out a, a deer report. Uh, they do a live stream, and it's like the uh, – State of the state of the union, but it's the state of the whitetail, state of the deer. Yeah. Um, and what they do is they they do they were doing this anyways, have been for years, where they 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 take the regions, uh, Canada, West, Midwest, uh, Northeast, and Southeast, and they they have people who are gathering information for those regions to to look at how hunting is going, like how many hunters are there, how many, what percentage are deer hunters. Who's hunting with these weapons? How many antlerless deer are killed? How many antler deer are killed? So they can get an idea, a big picture of the quality of deer and deer herds across the country in North America. Yeah. Because for those that don't know, we almost hunted them damn near to extinction Mm -hmm. um, at at one point. So they released a lot of really interesting information. And I was actually surprised um, to see where South Carolina and Southeast kind of fell on some of these things. Um, For example... The the stop the top state for antlered buck harvests uh, per square mile. South Carolina came in number four. Really, with three point two antlered bucks killed per square mile in South Carolina. Number that's a lot one, of spikes though. Number one was Michigan. Well, that's what you think, but the Southeast actually ranks really high, and I'm not going to be able to find that damn number now. Um, the Southeast, and which includes South Carolina, ranks really, really high on the percentage of mature bucks being about three and a half years old and older hmm. being killed more so than Northeast and the Midwest. Really? Mm-hmm. Believe it or not. What's so, wrong with us? Nothing wrong with us. We're just... I mean, you and I. <laughs> oh, uh, we don't get in the woods enough. Yeah. Basically is what it boils down to. Um, but that, that was another thing they discussed is that uh, of the... Of hunters that went into the woods, uh, for I think it's sixty percent killed deer, killed mm. the deer last year. So there's forty percent that did that went hunting and didn't even have the opportunity or didn't successfully kill a deer. Um, 
so the southeast average of of um, deer killed. Let's see. South Carolina averaged last year. Um, well, they don't have data for last year for that. That's interesting. Well, previous years, uh, South Carolina, or the Southeast average, I should say, for three and a half inch, uh, three and a half inch three and a half <laughs> turkey shells. I was looking at yeah. turkey shells all last night, sorting yeah. through my vest. Three and a half uh, year old and older um, is uh, 40, 56%. Hmm. So that was actually that's, 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 that's from 2021. And I'm not sure why they don't have this. Is the 2023 report? So I don't know why they have 2022 data, but 2021 they may be still aggregating or getting this information together. But almost 60 percent, and that was that number is pretty close from 1920 and, and 2021. Hmm. Um, so we're not changing really much at all here. Well, but we're being consistent in in, yeah. in um, I think programs like NDA and pushing quality deer management and. And not killing yearlings, you know, right. the whole, if it's brown, it's down mentality that was popular 15 yeah. years ago is clearly on its way out. Because if you take a look at, according to these reports, if you take a look at the, um, the number of mature deer available and harvested the Southeast, even though we don't, may not have the biggest deer compared to, compared to Illinois or, you know, other Midwest States, uh, we have far more like mature bucks available in the southeast and are yeah. killing them at at a at, at a, a better rate compared to the the younger bucks and practicing better quality deer management in this area than a lot of the other country, which I thought was fascinating. I had a thought. What if uh, when they started pushing like everybody hates the uh, trophy hunting deal, but mm-hmm. what if the trophy hunting deal? What if that was a psyop to get people to stop? <laughs> like, don't you don't want to kill something small? You want to kill something big, and then social media made it. Exacerbate, exacerbate, exacerbated, exacerbated, exacerbated. There you go. At that point, and uh, and so now, like, unless it's a your girl's first deer or a child's first deer, or whatever. Yeah. Outside of that, like, most hunters are not going to be killing these small deer. Yeah, wonder if that's uh, could be. Because like know. for us, like, we'll. T- I mean, I'm fine with eating a doe. Sure. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is like a lot of people. Um, they were saying that uh, the hunters, you know, I forget what the percentages were, but a lot of them only killed one buck yeah. or one deer. And if, if, especially with does, you know, a lot of states like South Carolina, um, there's some other states have huge numbers of, I think do, the, uh, South Carolina, you have four doe tags. Yeah. I think you can get six. Up to, yeah, up to six. There's some states that have unlimited. Yeah. And you still got to buy them, but you can just go keep buying doe tags. Kentucky is yeah. one of them, I think. Um, so it's it's interesting to see how how the numbers sort of shake out across across the region. So for the see for per, per percentage of antlerless deer harvested by age class, um, for the southeast average, which includes Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, Mississippi, North Carolina, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Texas. It's a big region. Big region. Um, all these deer are in Texas, I think. But they're all <laughs> <laughs> um, like the the southeast average um, of deer killed of does killed or antlerless deer that are three and a half years and older. Um, the most recent was 48%, which is, mm. which is solid, which means we're not killing young does. Yeah. We're killing older does. That also means uh, from what we've learned in uh, the deer steward program, that those younger, like one and a half year olds are more likely to birth twins um, and health and healthier yeah. you know, f- uh, fawns. So that, that increases the population and, and improves uh, population growth. So, anyways, it's, it's this, it's this possible thing. that uh, all this 
Because you, now you hear guys say things like, oh, I didn't get my, my buck this year, or I got my yeah. buck this year, so I'm done. I wonder if uh, it's, it's like you can actually watch that the programs are working. Mm-hmm. Like we are we yeah. are fixing the issue. Yeah, we are. Yeah. It's it's um, but sometimes you have to look at it at the macro, I think, right. like this report does, to really see that. Otherwise, there's it's really easy to get down on how things are going at your club yeah. or around your county. Uh, when in reality, you look at the size of North America and that you're – you're talking about a fucking grain of sand worth of of of, yeah. of area, um, another you know like public land versus private land. So well, I'll keep kind of picking on on um, on yeah, South Carolina Southeast. because we live here, but yeah. in the southeast. But um, private p- private versus public land harvest patterns. Southeast average is ninety three percent. Wow. On private land. Wow. Only seven percent. Uh, harvested on public land and it's funny because some of these states like it switches entirely um that's pretty crazy because we hear stories from the old heads about getting up in the morning and there's five herds of deer well yeah just walking through camp on public land yeah like we a couple times we've hunted on you know francis mary and you run into some old you know old timers out there hunting and and like they've done for 20 years yeah. they go out there with their buddies and their camper and hang out for a week with their old ladies and you know you hear them talk about we hunt all week and barely see any deer it used to be you know I'd, I'd see 40 deer yeah you know in one sit and that that was normal and they actually talk about it the uh national deer association has a has a podcast um and they had an episode where they went over some of the stuff in this report and he talked about that he, you know he talked about the back in the day when you used to sit and you might see 100 deer in a day but out of that 100 deer you may only see one or two antler deer like bucks mm-hmm. were just not and if you saw a buck, you better shoot it because you may not see it a buck again the rest of the season. And how that's changed with with quality deer management and you know uh, killing killing deer that are mature over a certain age is allowing bucks to grow more mature um, and just cr- allowing for you know for better population um, balance. I think. I wonder why it's so low in public land now. I wonder if all the all the bucks are know. dead. And it it, it really depends on the state too, procreate. because like Massachusetts is fifty five percent private land, forty three percent public. That's pretty good. We should use this to to plan a hunting trip. Yeah, we absolutely could. You could look at all this data yeah. and and pick how many. It looks like it's a pretty big article. Th- it's fifty two pages. It's Jeez. a very detailed report. Like Where this, can people find that if they want to find it? You go to nationaldeerassociation dot com, yeah. and, and you or you could just Google NDA um, twenty twenty three deer report. They have every report listed up there from t- all the way back to like 2011, I wow. think. Um, and you can look at the trends over the years. You can see all these different things. Um, Texas had the highest percentage of deer harvested on private land at 99%. It's because most it's of Texas private is private land. land yeah. So that's that's kind of a given. Uh, next was Georgia, followed by North Carolina, Kentucky, Alabama, and Virginia. Uh, with the highest percentage of deer harvested on public land being Massachusetts at 43%. So, so you remember when I went to Virginia for that install and I was sending you pictures yeah, of all the all deer, those damn deer I, I, were everywhere. I think about it a lot. If we could find the landowner and be like, Hey, you know, we'll be discreet. We'll use a bow. Nobody will know we're there. Cause a lot of those buildings are abandoned. Like we'll take the abandoned buildings and we'll come around back. Nobody even see us. Yeah. Cause you know, you can use on X to find out the owner. <clears throat> I've been yeah. thinking about it a lot because it would be worth the trip. I mean, every single buck in there was massive. They're huge, man. Yeah. You were sending me, they were still in velvet still at the in time, velvet, think, yeah. and they were just enormous. They had like 16, 18-inch racks straight up. So um, another thing that I thought was, because we talk about this all the time, like, you know, different methods of take. 
percentage of harvest by bow and or crossbow. <clears throat> New Jersey had the highest at 64%, followed by Connecticut and Massachusetts. The highest percentage of by rifle or shotgun was Wyoming, Idaho, Montana, then South Carolina. Mm. Highest percentage of harvest by muzzleloader was Rhode Island at 49%. They probably have a giant uh, muzzleloader season. Yeah, and that was the other thing they were talking about. You know, some of these numbers, it's 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 interesting because some states have like a two-week rifle season, whereas South Carolina on private land from day one to in August to January 1st, you can hunt with a rifle. Yeah. Um, Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Yeah, it's a fascinating uh, report. It's, like I said, 52 pages long. It goes into not only um, America and the, and, or the United States and our, our regions, but it, it encompasses Canada um, and some of the, some of the like, um, no, no, it does not cover Mexico. But yeah, it, it covers Canada. It looks at mule deer, it looks at black-tailed mm-hmm. deer, it looks at... Uh, Colombian deer, which is like a small segment of deer that like exist over in like Oregon or Washington, I think. Hold on, before or in Canada, I think. You ever seen a mouse deer? No. I just found out about this thing. It is the smallest hoofed animal in the world. What? Okay, so look look at this thing. That's a deer. Yeah, isn't that wild? Whoa. Yeah, I saw there was a guy holding it in his hand, and it was like standing in his hand, and it looked like. Remember that Indian in the cupboard movie? Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, it looked yeah. like. <laughs> it was <laughs> wild. Like if you, if you get, let me see the uh, the highest they grow is thirty five centimeters, which you know they don't they don't have. Let's do thirty five centimeters to inches. It's thirteen inches is the tallest they get. Holy cow! Yeah, that's so, tiny. So a small one would literally stand in the palm of your hand like a baby. But if you never heard of them, you should look them up. It looks like. <laughs> it looks like a mouse with deer feet. Like it's pretty crazy. <laughs> It'd be cool if they had That's little funny. little antlers. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny little just like they don't, but yeah. yeah. But yeah, you can go check out this report. It's fifty two pages long. It it has a lot of the uh a lot more information like I was talking about. Um it goes into mule deer harvest information and, and hunting information as well as um coo deer and some of the other things, the other species of deer that we have in the United States. It also actually, which I, I thought was cool, it also breaks down um, current issues and um, um, like trends dealing with, you know, like legislation, yeah. if it's having a negative impact on anything, uh, diseases that may be impacting certain things in that state. It shows the NDA budget and their balance sheet, shows mm. you where they're spending their money and where, where their budget's at, what they're you know, what the assets they have and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a very detailed report. It's pretty, it's pretty cool for someone who like yourself is a member of the of National Deer Association. You're putting money yeah. into an organization. It's cool to see um, that money being put to use. Well, it makes it worth being a member just to see those reports. Almost. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the, the membership's not that much a year uh-huh. and the amount of information you get out of this, like I'm still uh, just scrolling through this. And I mean, it's very detailed information um, they have information for deer project coordinators 
by state and province. So, you know, folks who work or support NDA uh, in, in various types of conservation or deer-related projects, you can reach out and find uh, either help if you need something or reach out and volunteer, I'd imagine. Uh, these organizations always need help. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, pretty cool report, I thought. And I listened, like I said, you can – National Deer Association has their own uh, podcast, and they, they had an episode that they uh, – excuse me, got the hiccups – broke this down pretty uh, – in, in, in a pretty good amount of detail and, and kind of the, the, yeah, the Colombian white-tailed deer, which is, um, yeah, it lives in the Cascade Mountain Range. And, uh, yeah, I guess that is part of, yeah, anyways, all kinds of mule deer. They, they cover mule deer, like I said, black-tailed deer. They look like regular deer. Yeah, nothing fancy. Yeah, except they have a cocaine problem. <laughs> Those damn Colombian white-tails. They're hard to shoot. Hard to fast. shoot. Trigger reflexes, you know. <laughs> All right, what's this next whiskey we got? Yeah, uh, the, uh, they don't Heisman; they Scarface when you shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Next bottle pop. This is the Jack Daniel. This is the twenty twenty, which is kind of sad. That means it's been sitting around for three years. Like this was some, probably somebody's prized possession sitting on their shelf, just waiting for a, an opportunity. And they sold it for too much, or I don't know. Um, but this is this predates Chris Fletcher, though. So this would be Jeff Arnett's. Um, let's see. Maturing at the highest reaches of the barrel house, number one, zero two, has delivered a deep copper hue with a nose that opens to an aroma full of smoke and raisins. Each sip lingers with molasses, sawn oak. I like that. And bold rice spice. I'm going to start saying hmm. sawn oak. Let's get a sawn oak. Let's get a pot. I, uh, <coughs> punch myself in the face. I, uh, I cannot hear that someone use the word hue without thinking of eastbound and down when Will Ferrell's car salesman characters describing his his nuts and he's talking about a, a purple blue hue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, 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 it's actually yeah. an outtake with him and uh, Danny McBride and yeah. that other guy and they're trying to get through that scene and they just keep busting up laughing. It's, yeah. it's really funny. It's a funny out- I think I have seen that outtake. That's funny. You know, I've been trying to see if uh, Righteous Gemstones is coming out anytime soon. I still haven't. I haven't seen any updates. Yeah. For those that don't know, we were... Uh, we're movie stars. Yeah. <clears throat> TV we're, stars. We're in the show. We're in at least two episodes, I think. Probably combined. I I, I bet it's less than 45 seconds that we're in combined. Yeah. Or you, maybe a little bit more. You had some unique spots that I didn't have. Yeah. I, but also the way they, the camera that they were using has a very, very short frame photo. Well, and the way they focus on the main characters the whole time. Like yeah. when they say like background, you really are just background. Yeah, yeah. And I, but the only I think the only positive is I was the guy that allowed people in the gate. So the gate. So you yeah. may have some good. I might get a good you, headshot. Yeah, there. good headshot. But start yourself an IMDb. Yeah, yeah. I should <laughs> an actor. You should. I, I probably will. <laughs> what I really want to get out of it is the the hoodie I was wearing. I would like to send it to them and be like, hey, um, they ruined this hoodie by putting makeup and shit. Oh on yeah, it. yeah. Would you guys send me another one since I wore it in this movie and it was yeah. in the middle of what was it August? Yeah, August. Hottest, hottest South shit, Carolina. <laughs> Wearing a hoodie. Yeah, we had to dress up like militiamen with, like, you yeah. know, fake, you know, I don't know, kit and vests and you know, yeah. whatever. And then the casting call was uh, bearded men that knew how to skin a deer. That's what they asked yeah, for. Yeah, Which is and funny comfortable, because— And comfortable around firearms. Yeah, and comfortable around firearms. I was like, oh, that's me. I can yeah. do that. And then we showed up, and we were like, oh, <laughs> there's some rough Carolina boys there. Yeah, they definitely were. They 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 wanted a militia and they got one. Yeah, they got the militia. They and, and you know did. what? If you were to take us, maybe if, I bet seventy five percent of the, of who was there. I mean, how many people do you think they had? Two hundred. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Seventy five percent of those. If we were to all just be like, "Hey, listen here," <laughs> I I think we could. We're gonna meet up once a month. Yeah, and we're gonna train. Yeah. Yeah. 
meet up once a month for some LaCroix and <laughs> yeah, that's and Oreos. Yeah, and Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> We uh, there's a there's a guy that I follow who's uh he's a retired Marsoc guy and he uh, he teaches stuff you know about you know, firearm consideration kit things to consider for kit and he's like many others is like all right my service career is done but like what can I do to help people yeah. and like readiness is a big thing preparedness um but his whole thing is like the American the idea of the American rifleman has kind of gone away it used mm-hmm. to be that. That's where our militia came from. You know, people were blacksmiths, they were farmers, they yep. were whatever. But push came to shove, they could pick up their rifle, and they were riflemen. Yep. And that's how you had a militia. And the idea that's kind of gone away. And his his whole like thing is getting people back behind a, behind the scope, behind the gun, and shooting again, so that we have capable men and women in this country that can handle a firearm. But I'm all about it. I think it's great. What blows my mind to this day is <clears throat> I don't care where I'm at with a range or with people I know or whatever, and and they have a a fair to cycle or something gun jams and they just sit it down and stare at it. Like, what do I do? What do I, and it's yeah. like, dude, you should know, you should a hundred percent know how to drop a magazine and clear a weapon like quickly as possible. Because if you're in the event that you need to, yeah. that's like, if I were to tell anyone to practice any skill, it's like take an empty shell, stick it in there and shut the gun on it. Yeah. I have, I have figured out how to get it cleared as quickly as I possible. Have red, it's not hard. I had these red little, um, snap caps, whatever they're called. And yeah. you you load them randomly in a magazine, yeah, and, and it just and it, and it you pull the trigger and it it fails, yep. you know, and it's just a it's a good way to practice either, you know, tap tap and rack or drop that magazine entirely, whatever you yep. got to do uh, to work through the malfunction. But it's it's an inevitability if mm-hmm. you use a firearm enough, yep. um, or God forbid, the one time you have to use it. It fails. You better know what the hell to do with it. And wait till you run around the swamp of South Carolina and <laughs> get some snake eggs in there or something. Ugh. You got to clear it out. Gross. Uh, I get a lot of fig on this, dude. Yeah. Like your mom's jam. Tobacco. Mm, tobacco. Tobacco and leather, like like pipe tobacco, sweet. Yeah. It's like good. a Swisher sweet. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. it's weird. It's pretty good on the nose there. Wood tip or plastic tip? Oh, wood. I mean, I like to just get it soggy. And <laughs> <laughs> okay. Woo, daddy. I just, as I went to drink, I saw that number and had to take a, st- a second to remind myself. Tell you what, you're going to feel that number. That's 132 all day long. It's mm. actually not bad, though. It's good. It's real good. It's not like uh, it's not like I need to. I need help. No, 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 no. Like but it's the heat on it is like it just sits in the back. It's like it's still hot. It's just sitting in the back yeah. of my throat, but it's not giving me. It's like not heartburn. A, no, it's not giving me like yeah. a, that Kentucky hug. That's not uncomfortable. Or it's just like a, a a hot pocket or not a hot pocket. A hot hands. It's a. I got a hot hands in my throat. It's right a now. high proof that you can drink and actually appreciate. Yeah. It's not like oh god, that's really yeah. high proof it just you can actually appreciate it for what it is it's good it's, it's still really good just sitting there it's like a little fireball in the back of your throat i'm really surprised how much cinnamon i got on this one they harnessed the power of the sun <laughs> maybe they did maybe they got something special going on there jack daniels smell it again mm. that's something special i'm glad i got that that was a good trade yum do you know who the person is that you could send them a picture and say it's delicious? You should have opened it a long time ago. I do. I do. I will send him a picture. He's gonna want to sip. Yeah. Well, he had. Should chance. have thought about that. Yeah, he had when a chance. He sat on it for twenty or three years. Or nah, that's not who I got it from. He you had your chance. 
I'm actually going to have you cut that out. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> 47, 30 something. <laughs> cut out that name. Because that is the right guy. <laughs> I'll cut all this out. No, you can leave it in. Just cut the name. This, oh, okay. is, this is a good conversation. All okay. right. Well, perfect. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's funny. I like it. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. Um, so we got a class tomorrow. We do have a class tomorrow. We're teaching. What time is that again? It's at five. That's early. Yeah. I remember that. So that's and fine, it's Mount man. Pleasant on a Friday. So yeah, I'll probably be heading that way probably around three thirty just to make that's sure I'm fighting with traffic and deal and go thinking. find a place to we'll set up and have get a something. drink or something. <laughs> have a drink and a piece of pizza or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. A little spot right down the road. Yeah. Um, Jessica's making the the caps. Perfect. Um, I told her to go with the the one with the round whiskey and whitetails, whiskey and whitetails yeah, with the number good. in the middle. I just had her get rid of that little tiny skinny circle that was extra in there. She was just playing around with stuff. Um, yeah, we yeah. noticed that our own patrons went and bought some of these things that we're in the process of making. So, so we, we, I expedited. Uh, <laughs> Speed up the process. Yeah, I had to buy my wife a bag, but I got I convinced her to, uh, to, to expedite production. I'm just kidding. She's, yeah. she's a trooper. Um, but if you need them, we have um, toppers. We use yeah. them in the classes, but it's like functionally... It's kind of cool for a blind, right? Because they're, they're for, a for a blind. But like the most average person, it's not going to pour a drink and then top it and let it sit for a while. No, no, no. Drink it, but no, it's, it but can it's be fun, fun if, for a, it's fun for her numbers. If you like to do, like sometimes I'll have Jessica pour pour a few blind yeah. and I'll taste and just kind of just have fun with it. You know, she started to have fun with it. Well, she'll start to blend stuff and not tell me. And, mm-hmm. um, it's a good time. It's a good time. But these toppers hold the stank in. Yeah, so. yeah. Keep it, keep everything in there. And we had a small uh, manufacturing adjustment we had to make. Um, Turns out not all Glencairns are the same size. Yeah, I was, I, and I told Jessica, I said, like, it's not, you're not at fault. It's no, the none Glencairns of are, yeah. are inconsistent. Yeah. And it's only like out of 100, maybe 10. Dude, there was one box, every single one. And every then, single one, yeah. really? Interesting. But we didn't figure it out. And then I told her, she, she couldn't get it in. And she was like, I was like, ah, that glass is really thin. Can, can, do that. can we not go to the ER <laughs> yeah. today? <laughs> oh, we also just restocked our Glencairns. We, I got uh, like 100 or so new ones. So Nice. When did you order those? Um, I want to say last Monday. Okay, they were there. But Make sure we didn't order them before Friday, the end of December. So I didn't, oh no, no, no. Did not Taxes include those with uh, this inventory. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so we got those in stock. But yeah, we got the class tomorrow. I think we're gonna do probably like a traditional class, but I'm, we might freestyle a little bit. Let you take the reins some and just kind of. That's fine. So this is um this is another. She said she was gonna reserve it for people who hadn't done it yet, right? So we didn't get repeats. Yes, but um. You know, if people don't sign up, they're going to let the people that came before. Yeah, of course. Because the people that came before are the ones that are asking to do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. But, yeah. Doesn't matter to me. We can change it up a little bit. Talk about um, some other stuff. Yeah. we got to figure out a... We'll bring another welcome cocktail because it's always a good hit. Ooh. Yeah, we did an old-fashioned last time. a bottle, something cool. We'll see. As an intro? No, it's like a creme de la creme, the final... Oh, the final pour? Yeah. The final countdown. Yeah. Something like that. I'm not going to sing. Today. Do you remember the bottles we did last time? I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um, got, I bet we got a picture somewhere. I'll go. I'll go through pictures. I'm yeah. pretty sure we got it on. We put it on a story somewhere. I know we did JW Dant, so we won't bring that again. But you had a big bottle of something that that's, we. That was the JW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Well, but uh, yeah, we'll do that. I might bring some Irish whiskey and. I yeah, haven't really see. done that much. Yeah, I like playing with Irish whiskey. And I got. I got a. I have so many bottles of. You know, it's funny because you can't see how much is left and that mm-hmm. the Lustal or the 12. Yeah. And so I'll just, I'll be like, eh, I'll see it at a good price. And I'm like, I don't know. And I'll buy it. And I'll come home and I'm like, damn, it's a brand new bottle. <laughs> so yeah. I got plenty of that sitting around. Right, right. It's a yeah. good whiskey. 
It is good whiskey. It's a um, it's one of my favorites. Yeah, favorite for sure. whiskeys for sure. It's a good drinker. If you're if you're trying to introduce somebody to whiskey, that's a great start because mm-hmm. it's very mild palate. Yeah, it's very approachable. As approachable. They say. Yeah. Tip, S- typical sm- sneaky good. <laughs> typical notes of shortbread and whatever Irish spring water. <laughs> it smells but, of Gaelic potatoes. Potatoes. Gaelic potatoes. Just kidding. If I found that very interesting on the Marsh and Mill podcast where he was talking yeah. about that uh, John's Island was mostly Irish potatoes. How? I, who would have thought? Yeah. Everybody thinks it's like rice mills and... Tobacco. Yeah. Or whatever else. Yeah, rice whatever you think of when you think of South, the, the southern crops. Southern crops in the 16, 1700s. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Potatoes. Taters, man. I'm not sure what else. I mean, other than rice, what would have grown? Speaking of rice, so... We gotta wrap this one up soon, but we were at this last weekend. Uh, I was camping. There is a a nature preserve up near Georgetown, and you can only get to it by a floating bridge that DNR operates with a basically a, a pontoon boat. Wow! Because the the well they they're operating it that way now because the hydraulics are broken, but uh, you can only get on and off if the tide is cooperating with that bridge. Hmm. And so we uh, we went with like 200 people to, to get over this bridge before 7 o'clock so we could time the tide right and we got there. And the tide was too high. And it was that it was last Friday when we had those gale force winds mm-hmm. coming in from left over from that, uh, that bad storm system that was coming from the, from the west. And it was the wind was pushing the tide in and keeping it. So we sat... From like seven thirty to almost ten o'clock at night, waiting for the tide to get right, wow. so we cross this bridge and then cross the bridge with two hundred and something scouts in the dark, in the dark, and set up camp. Um, it was like hangover, Passover. It was not fun. Uh, in the Red Sea. Had a good time, uh, but uh, all that to say, that is the worst gnat and mosquito experience I have ever had the in rice South field? Carolina. It was an old rice plantation. Yeah. And it's all in the marsh. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's surrounded by marsh. Um, yeah. Dude, it was it was bad. Like the no-seams were wrecking. Dude, it, that 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 picture that um, Matt Livingston posted yeah. that one time, his face covered, mm-hmm. it was like that for two days straight. How? Um, Did you a lot of bug that? spray. A, uh, I would have lost my mind. I, so I kept, even, like, it was like 80-something degrees, and I had on jeans and a hoodie just to keep stuff off of me. So that the only thing exposed were my hands and my face, and I had a, a thermocell clipped, like, on my beard. Just breathing just, it in. Just, yeah. yeah, just let me have all that. I wonder if there's going to be we're gonna we're have a class like, action lawsuit for thermocell in, like, five years. <laughs> <laughs> Do you or someone you know was hunting in the last five years, the thermocell? Thermocell. It's they so called 1-800-thermocell. Crime Stopper. Have they experienced, uh, I don't know, pick up a bunch of, you know, have they grown a third eye, a penis on their forehead? and Just all the symptoms you get from anything made from Pfizer. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, man, that was, um, that was rough. And I don't remember what made me think of that. Including boners. (laughs) Jesus. Um, Okay. I had a reason for bringing that up. I don't remember. We're why. talking about rice, and you said speaking of rice. Oh, rice. Yeah. Yeah, and pl- and just stuff that grows down here. Yeah. And I know you've you've been lucky enough to draw a couple of tags. We've got to go hunt on some of these islands. They don't allow hunting on this one in particular, but it's same similar setup where yeah. DNR is managing it. Well, Bear Island was the worst mosquito I've ever mosquito yeah. and gnat thing I've ever dealt with. 
when the other thing that the reason we were delayed is because they had been doing controlled burns there the week before mm-hmm. and that strong wind, it reignited. Nice. So as we're driving through, they're, <laughs> they're out there actively fighting a, a control on fire, full on fire. And the only thing keeping that from us was uh, two roads that were acting as a fire break and about a, I don't know how many acres it was, but it was about 200 or 300 yard square field between where that was happening and where we were camping. Wow. So some of the parents were like, is anybody else a little concerned? I'm like, no, it's fine. Go to sleep. Yeah. Just, you're, gonna, you're not going to burn in the middle of the night. It's going to be fine. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was an adventure. That was, that was quite fun. Sounds fun. Yeah, I feel good. like you get to do a lot more in the outdoors than I do. I get a little jealous about it. But. Well, I, I enjoy being outside, even if we're just camping. Like, we set up camp. Here's some pictures. Like, we have yeah. our trailer with all of our camping and our like, cooking stuff. We set up a little cook station. Um, the adults, we had a separate spot to cook where uh, this, uh, this like, camp chef thing, it's got... Uh, it looks like a camp chef. That is a camp chef. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the uh, the gentleman there, uh, Bill, cooked all weekend. Super nice guy. He's a listener, I think. Sometimes, so hi, Bill. Hi, Bill. Um, he brought his camp chef, and he did. Uh, he should come camp chef with us. I know, dude. He did hibachi on uh, Saturday yeah. night. Yeah, dude. Killer. He looks like he knows how to run that grill. Like he, he's done it several times at this point. Oh, really? And he, and he has a bigger one. I think like yeah, at you home, just see like comfortable flat tops. prowess. Like this is my domain. No, oh, he he was like like what what do you want? What yeah. you got? kind of teach you cigarette ash bam, straight bam, 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 in the bam. eggs yeah dude he, he put waffle house to shame for sure that's what's up yeah it was good dude. he did a <laughs> breakfast scramble with hash browns and eggs and a bunch of other stuff balling anyways it was a good time we had fun i wish i got to do more outdoor stuff that involved hunting but doesn't always happen so all right you have anything else no i gotta, I go gotta go pick up my kids so, yeah, I guess so um thanks for joining us uh this whiskey was delicious thank you for bringing it and um yeah it's been a great been a great chat all right well until next weekend, keep your uh, n- uh, keep your nose out for your ears out and your eyes out for uh, the uh, Andrew Beam episode. Yeah, it's coming. It's a good Thursday one. of this week, and he only drank Michelob Ultra the whole time. It's all he drinks. It's all he drinks. So. Did not have anything. I mean, he had some whiskey, but he did not drink any other any other beer. No, he, he was very adamant about it. Very very only Michelob Ultra. He went out to the truck and made us drink it too. Yeah, so we all drank just Michelob Ultra beer. Correct. Cool. All right. Adios. Bye. Bye.